Hello, this is Supriti from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 17th of August. India reported 25,166 new COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, which takes the country's tally to over 3.69 crore. 437 deaths were reported in the same period. According to the Health Ministry, India administered over 88.13 lakh COVID-19 vaccine doses in the last 24 hours, the highest ever immunization rate in a single day. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 207.1 million people and caused more than 4.36 million deaths. New Zealand reported its first case of COVID-19 in 6 months after an individual tested positive in Auckland. The health ministry said in a statement on Tuesday that the link between the case and the border or controlled isolation has yet to be proven and the matter is now being studied. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has subsequently imposed a country-wide lockdown for 3 days. After the Taliban took over Afghanistan, many countries have evacuated their personnel from the country. On Tuesday morning, a special military flight flew close to 140 personnel, including the last of the Indian embassy staff, Indo-Tibetan border police personnel, and medical personnel out of the country. The Indian government today created a new electronic visa category to expedite Afghans' requests to leave the Taliban-controlled nation. The announcement read that priority would be given to Sikhs and Hindus from Afghanistan. Asaduddin Owaisi, the leader of the All India Majlis A Ittehadul Muslimin and a member of parliament believes that the center should have launched talks with the Taliban since the ungoverned spaces in Afghanistan are a cause of concern for India. US President Joe Biden admitted that the Afghan government fell apart quicker than the US had expected. However, he stood squarely by his decision to withdraw troops. In a television address from the White House, Joe Biden added and I quote American troops cannot and should not be fighting and dying in a war that Afghan forces are by and large not willing to fight and die in themselves. End quote. Meanwhile, the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres warned of chilling Taliban curbs on human rights and rising breaches against women and children. Guterres told the Security Council, and I quote, "We cannot and must not forsake the people of Afghanistan." End quote. An emergency UNSC meeting on Afghanistan was conducted on Monday at the UN headquarters in New York. As the devastation in Afghanistan bleeds into another day, the plight of its people, including journalists reporting from the area, is dangerously uncertain. For now, journalists in Afghanistan have taken to social media platforms like Twitter to talk about the unfolding situation and the fear that grips them. For instance, Maria Mehtar A Kabul-based reporter with Salam Watandar, a national radio service, tweeted, and I quote, "If one day I come out of Kabul alive, I will write what I see today and in the days to come." End quote. I wrote about how journalists like Maryam have taken to Twitter to plead for help and talk about how history is repeating itself. You can find the report on our website, and it is titled, "They Left Us Alone in the 21st Century: What Journalists in Afghanistan Are Saying About the Crisis." While you're there, you can also read other reports on the situation unfolding in Afghanistan. Shoghafa Ansari is an Afghani lawyer. On August 14th, the day before Kabul fell to the Taliban, Shoghafa, her mother and brother boarded one of the last flights to Delhi. 
She spoke with Nidhi Suresh while she and her brother looked for a place to live in Lajpatnagar. You can read her story of leaving her country in her own words. The report is titled, It was like in movies, the bad guys come and you run. Afghan woman recounts her escape to India. One of the central responsibilities of journalism is to ensure that stories of those subjugated, oppressed and exploited do not go ignored. We try our best to bring you the stories that matter and do right by our readers and the people whose stories we tell. If you appreciate the work that we do, I urge you to support us by becoming a subscriber. We are a multimedia platform that tells stories through podcasts, videos, ground reports, interviews and much more. Our lowest subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. Today, the Supreme Court said it will consider a course of action and meet in 10 days after sending a pre-admission notice to the Union of India in the Pegasus Snoopgate case. Yesterday, the Apex Court had adjourned the hearing to determine whether the centre wanted to file an additional affidavit in the matter. The bench, comprising Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana and Justices Surya Kant and Aniruddha Bose, said it would decide the kind of committee that would be formed to investigate the issue. Solicitor General Tushar Mehta said the centre refused to file an additional affidavit in the Pegasus issue and could not allow it to become a matter of public debate amid national security concerns. Mehta added that exposing such information publicly would allow terrorist organizations to take preemptive measures. The court then stated that it would issue a simple notice and let a competent authority under rules take a decision as to what extent information is to be disclosed, which would determine further course of action. Senior advocate Kapil Sibyl added that the petitioners also do not want any information regarding the security of the state. However, he said he must reply if Pegasus as a technology was used. Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman ruled out a drop in excise duty on petrol and diesel yesterday, despite the fact that petrol prices in the country have remained steady for the past month after reaching a record high in July. The Finance Minister, blaming the Congress-led UPA, stated that the government must pay up the oil bonds issued by the previous regime to state fuel retailers, as well as the interest thereon, in lieu of the discounted rates of petrol, diesel, cooking gas and kerosene. She said, and I quote, If I did not have the burden to service the oil bonds, I would have been in a position to reduce excise duty on fuel. Previous government have made our job difficult by issuing oil bonds. Even if I want to do something, I am paying through my nose for the oil bonds. End quote. The interest on oil bonds paid in the last seven years, according to the finance minister, was 70,195 crore rupees. Only 3,500 crores of the 1.34 lakh crore principal has been paid so far. The remaining 1.3 lakh crore must be repaid between this fiscal year and 2025 to 2026, according to Sitaraman. The Congress, however, pointed out that the oil bonds of 1.3 lakh crore are not even due for payment so far. According to PTI sources, the excise duty hike has resulted in more revenue than is owed to oil corporations. The Karnataka government announced yesterday that a district-level COVID-19 technical expert committee will be formed to provide technical support to district administrations on COVID-19 management. The News Minute reported that the decision is part of the state government's intention to decentralize COVID-19 management. 
allowing district administrations and municipalities to decide on the rules and regulations that will be developed in their areas. On a regular basis, these committees will follow the instructions given by the central government, the state government and organizations like Ames Delhi and the Indian Council of Medical Research. The committees will also engage with the State Technical Expert Committee and operate under its overall guidance. The committees will also regularly analyze data at the district level and compare it with data from other districts, states and countries. Additionally, they will assist the district administration in facilitating public health initiatives and containment measures. Bengaluru's test positivity rate is currently about 0.66%. According to Chief Minister Basavaraj Bomai, stronger laws will be introduced if the positivity rate goes above 2%. According to human rights organization Fortify Rights, Two top commanders of the Karen National Defense Organization, or the KNDO, confirmed that security forces under their authority detained and later killed 25 men in June in their territory near Myanmar's border with Thailand. The Karen National Defense Organization is one of two military branches of the Karen National Union. The Karen National Union is Myanmar's oldest rebel group and is the dominant political organization representing ethnic minority Karen communities in Karen, bordering Thailand. The aim of the KNU, according to Reuters, is self-determination for the Karen people in a region of about 1.6 million people, where they are the ethnic minority in the state. Fortify Rights said that the KNU had confirmed that they would cooperate with international investigators and share evidence of the killing and other crimes, as well as conducting its own investigation into the atrocities. According to Fortify, the killings amount to a war crime. The incident had first come to light after state media in June accused fighters from the KNDO of killing 25 people that it said were civilians working on a road construction project. The men were part of a group of 47 people, including 16 women and children, who were detained by the KNDO on May 31st in Canal Village in Karen State. Matthew Smith, the CEO at Fortify Rights, said, and I quote, This was a massacre and it should be investigated and prosecuted. The KNU is setting an important example in transparency, cooperation and commitment to share evidence of atrocities with international justice mechanisms, end quote. Myanmar has been in a state of turmoil since the military seized power in a coup on February 1st with the KNU, one of the country's biggest ethnic armed groups, providing shelter to those fighting against the takeover. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.